Thanks for joining Parenting Chats with Laura. I'm mum of three, teacher and parenting coach, helping you to navigate the messy and the magical on your parenting journey. We know the baby, toddler and preschool years set the trajectory for your child's life. I'm going all in and not holding back and bringing you inspiration and strategies to help you to be the parent you want to be. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you have made some time in your day to come and hang out with me. And we've got Tammy back on the podcast. Welcome, Tammy. Hi, thanks for having me again. I know. We are totally rocking it today because um, we're going to be talking about all things preparing for siblings. Gee, it's a big topic, this one. Um, One thing I was going to ask you, actually, Tammy, um, you know, with the age gap between your kids, do you think there's like a perfect age gap between your kids that you'd be like, yep, I got it totally right. Like that was the perfect age gap for me. Or, you know, what's your thinking on that? Well, I've got this theory, um, much to my husband's disgust, but I think my thing was that we've got the timing perfect now. So all our kids are roughly, you know, just over two years apart, like 26-ish months apart. Um, and we've got three kids. So I had, you know, four and a half years, I had three kids. Um, and then I said to my husband the other day, and I said, you know, I've got such a great idea. If we just wait until our youngest is like, nine or ten and then we have another three I reckon we're good to go you know with the same age gaps because then the oldest can the whole the oldest three can kind of look after the youngest three and the horror over his face was another story altogether um but honestly I think the right age gap is whatever fits your family for us the two-year age gap worked amazingly Yeah, I actually had um, another podcast, which I can put a link to where I was talking with Bronwyn and she had a really small age gap between her kids. And she talked about how it was so cool in some ways, because if you've got that really small age gap between them, then it means obviously they can play together when they get a little bit older. Yeah. Um, And they can be really because they're really close in age. They're probably similar in some developmental stages. Um, and also the fact that when you've got that really small age gap they're often sleeping a lot so I'm just thinking about the practicalities like if you're pregnant and you've got a really really busy toddler you still really need them to be having sleeps let's be honest Um, and I know some people who have really massive age gaps which means that their kids are at kindy or school or whatever while they're pregnant and so they're still getting that rest but I think the biggest challenge I found I don't know about you but the biggest challenge I found going from one child to two or two to three was actually when I was pregnant particularly in my third trimester when I was starting to feel like my body was slowing down but toddlers are relentless. The energy (laughs) is next level. And it's like every day they're just like, whoa, you know, they're having tantrums and they're wanting to climb things and they're into stuff. And it's like, you can feel your body starting to slow down and, you know, you're wanting to kind of hibernate and sleep more and they're they're still go, go, go all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I had this perfect, I had this perfect idea in my, my head when I was pregnant with my daughter, my second child, Um, because my eldest was still napping in the day he would go down you know just after lunch for a great you know hour and a half two hour nap and I just had this beautiful picture of how my life was going to look when I had this baby and the three of us were all going to have this beautiful nap every day and oh this dream world that I lived in because I brought my daughter home and two weeks later my son was like right that's it I'm done with napping and I was like no I didn't even get two full weeks of 
all three of us getting proper naps in. <laughs> so I did still make him um, have a kind of lie down, but um, I would have to lie with him and we'd read books or, you know, things like that, um, which was great to spend time with him, but it didn't mean, it did mean I couldn't actually physically close my eyes and sleep <laughs> yeah and I think that's the big thing when you are juggling more than one baby you know it's that old thing of sleep when the baby sleeps well you can't yeah. do that if you've got a toddler who is destroying the house or <laughs> you know, you've actually got to be a bit realistic exactly so hopefully for those of you that are listening today Tammy and I are going to be able to give you some really great ideas that you can practically use at home um, to really be able to support you in this journey to make it that much easier for you. So first of all, um, what I'd love um, you to let us know, Tammy, did you tell your kids when you were, um, you know, that they were going to have a sibling? Um, were you like really fully pregnant by that stage or did you tell them quite early on or what did you do? Um, so the first time, so obviously my second pregnancy, um, we just made sure we had told everyone important first um, so that my two-year-old didn't blurt it out to random people and they were like oh how did they know first because you know how a two-year-old works yes um, <laughs> there's no filter so, on a two-year-old <laughs> no no and then they're telling you know the lady at countdown and they're telling their teachers and they're telling anyone they come across that mommy's got a baby in her tummy and you're like yeah I'm like three minutes pregnant <laughs> yes um, so I think we only told him kind of around I don't know about 16 weeks or whatever um, just kind of saying, you know, mommy's got a baby in my tummy and I bought him a little book and we would read the book and whatever. But for a two-year-old to comprehend that is quite something. Um, he was actually amazing when we were pregnant with my third baby because now he was kind of three and a half, four-ish. Um, and he could totally comprehend it way more. Um, and he could, you know, see my tummy growing and he could feel the baby kicking and all of that kind of stuff. So we did tell them from kind of you know midway or maybe a little bit sooner um but whether they kind of fully got it or not is another story yeah I think it just feels normal to them doesn't it because they yeah. can't you know like the only difference for them really is that your tummy's getting bigger um and I think it's nice when when they do kind of go up and start touching your tummy that, that you take that as a learning opportunity and say yeah there's a baby in there and get them to actually use their gentle hands on your tummy so that you right from the beginning you're making it really clear that we use gentle hands and actually showing them what gentle hands yeah. means by taking their hands and rubbing your tummy just so that they know that they start making that association so that when you say gentle hands with the baby, when they're actually out, they actually know what it is that you're talking about. And it's not an abstract kind of concept. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you do to prepare your kids for the fact that they were going to be having a, a new sibling? Mostly we spoke pretty openly about the fact that, you know, it was baby was coming and whatever. And especially the, my third baby, we did a countdown chart because I was having a C-section um, with a set date, I did a little caterpillar on my son's wall and every night he got to pull one of the little caterpillar body parts off um, with the countdown down to the big day. And then that morning, um, we actually had a friend come and look after them. So they didn't see me that morning that I went in for a C-section. Um, but both of them had a little present on, their, on the bottom of their beds from their new sibling um, that they could open. So, you know, when they kind of woke up it was an exciting thing for them I had put some balloons in their rooms and like tried to make it like a really fun exciting birthday kind of party thing because it was kind of a birthday um and 
you know, just kind of preparing them that when mommy comes back, the baby's not going to be in my tummy anymore. Um, you're now going to have another baby in the house. And um, I think second time around, it was a little bit different because my parents were around. So it helped having um, an extra pair of hands, you know, just to be able to say, well, I didn't sleep well last night. I'm going to have a nap while the baby naps. Can you take my eldest for a walk or can you do a puzzle with him or, you know, whatever. Um, but just preparing them that, you know, mommy's going to be shared now. It's going to just be you and me anymore. Um, however, you know, when you have a newborn, they sleep a lot. So you do still get a lot of that time with your eldest or your second eldest. Um, but yeah, just, I just kept communication lines really open with them and age appropriate, obviously, um, not telling them that I'm going in for a huge big operation and they're cutting through all my layers in my stomach and, you know, we didn't need to go down there, but I just made it very obvious, like very clear, they're cutting mommy's tummy open and the baby's going to come out. And when you come and visit mommy, you're going to be able to meet your baby. Um, we also included them a bit in the naming process, <laughs> which was a bit interesting, um, some of the name suggestions that they came up with were next level. And um, funnily enough, my eldest went to preschool and told his teachers that they were naming, mum and dad are naming our baby Panini. Oh and, my goodness. <laughs> and that is what stuck. So every time I see that teacher, she's like, hello, Panini, Panini bread roll to Joshua, which is just absolutely hilarious. Yes. Um, and it stuck. So yeah, just be careful with what you do actually include them in because you're not sure what's going to stick. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually did this really cool thing with my each of my kids. When it was, um, I knew that the baby was going to probably be born within a month, right? That's when I started kind of probably laying the ground more at work more so. And one of the things that I did was I got a whole lot of magazines all printed out like pictures and stuff like that. Um, and I actually made a book for them. And it was something like, you know, you're going to have a, a new brother or sister and they're going to cry a lot. So there was a picture of, you know, the baby crying and they're yeah. going to sleep a lot. And there's a picture of a baby sleeping. And, you know, and I kind of went through what are all the things that I want them to know, um, particularly when you have a newborn, you know, they do actually cry quite a lot. And I think it was quite important to kind of have a visual for that in a book along with some other things to help prepare them. And we could read that story like we did any other story, you know, and uh, yeah. kind of infuse it into our reading time, just so that they were familiar with the fact that the baby was going to have milk and, um, you know, have all those kind of conversations. Because I think what I see happen really frequently, and this is probably because I see it from being a parenting coach, is that a lot of people haven't necessarily really prepared their toddler and then, mum goes away mum's in their mind gone like for ages like they have no idea really where mum is like it's quite abstract for them and then they've got like nana or someone else looking after them and then the baby comes back and it's like what now I've got to share mum and oh everybody that comes over gives attention to the baby and not to the toddler like oh look at the new baby and they never bring you know presents for the toddler so the baby gets presents and the toddler doesn't and then the wheels start to fall off because mm -hmm. the toddler then feels like they need to show attention seeking behavior in order to actually get the attention that they want so I think it's partly about before the baby comes having like a book or something that you can sit down um, and kind of walk them through the process of what it's going to be like and then when the baby's actually born it's about 
still celebrating the toddler and not feeling like they've just been pushed aside because often that's where you start having issues um and you know with toilet toileting behavior if your child is you know an underwear during the day it's actually not uncommon for them to regress when the new baby comes as they're kind of adjusting to that change mm-hmm. and that's where I end up working with quite a lot of families because the kids will stop using the toilet and then it becomes a bit of a battleground and and um, it can be a bit of a power play so I think yeah. to avoid some of that stuff you've really just got to get on the front foot and be a little bit organized with preparing your child emotionally. So it's not just about putting out the bassinet and the, or the cot and putting out all their clothes and getting ready for the baby in that way, but it's also preparing your toddler for the emotional change that they're going to go through, which in their mind is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think getting a team around you too is so helpful. Like what you were saying, you know, when everyone comes to the house and they, all gaga over the baby and oh so beautiful and here's a present for the baby and this little baby's asleep in a bassinet and the toddler's like cool this is fun um I said to all our parents well make it sound like I've got a hundred parents but um all the grandparents I used to when I had Jamie I said to them please ignore the baby when you come like you've met the baby at the hospital can you when you come to the house just you know play a game with Daniel or you know do a puzzle with him or read a book with him or just give him some attention so that he feels like he's actually still part of the deal um and we found that to be really helpful um you know like the baby doesn't know that they're there if they're not there um so it kind of feels like if you just give them that attention because they're excited to see their granny or their grandpa or their auntie or their whoever it is um and they are there to read them a book or to you know look at their new shoes or whatever it is um then it is just that thing it's literally five minutes and their tanks are so full and then you know they go off and play as if nothing's happened and then you can hold the baby and look at the baby but it just creates a slightly different atmosphere for the toddler um where you know when you arrive and you make a thing of the toddler before you make a thing of the baby I think it's just a helpful way of creating a safe space for the toddler yeah I think so too and I I like the idea I've heard that this happen often and we actually you know how you had the gifts at the end of the bed well for us we actually had like a gift that the baby gave them when they arrived at the hospital so when they came to meet their sibling for the first time it was like they got to have a cuddle with their sibling and all that stuff and then they got a present that they could open that was like yay the baby's given you a present and also you bring the baby a present so it's like that swapping of presents to feel like there's a purpose and I know that my husband actually took my son to buy the present so he was a part of that like it was like oh we've got to go mum's had the baby we've got to go find a present for the baby what should we give the baby now and oh let's wrap it up and then we'll take it so it feels like something so special to them when they first meet their sibling um it's it's you know it feels more precious and like a little less yeah I guess a little more natural feeling that they've actually got purpose in what they're doing yeah yeah um did you find with any of your kids that uh the the first kind of couple of weeks were a bit rocky in terms of the kids will be a bit rough with the baby um my eldest is very like he's super gentle so he was always a little bit kind of over the top gentle with the baby (laughs) um so when my when Jamie was born he was always great with her and whatever so I was kind of just expecting that to be the norm um but then I had my third and it wasn't the case my second um she's not rough but she's just 
so over the top lovable and you know she wanted to be the mom she actually didn't want me to be the mom so every time he cried she would like run over and want to pick him up and whatever so I had more of that to worry about more than the fact of like hitting or kicking the cart or you know anything like that um and just wanting to kiss him the whole time and cuddle him and love him so I, I just had to kind of be in within sight of him at all times um so it was just like I did try and open those um opportunities for her so you know first thing in the morning when he would feed she would come through to our room and I'd let them cuddle you know on the bed with me um and that she just loved it because then she would she would put her arm like under his head so she would almost like cradle him a little bit and then she would feel as though you know it's her baby um and it definitely the novelty wore off you know, within the first couple of weeks. Um, but then, you know, my eldest definitely took it in his stride to be the, the nurturer, you know, and he wanted to cuddle him and hold him at any opportunity. And if I said, oh, mommy just wants to get dressed. Oh, I'll hold Joshi. I don't mind, you know, those kind of things. So I think what you were saying about, um, you know, encouraging gentle hands from, you know, still during pregnancy um, holds a lot of reward at the end. Like what we used to do, when I had, because with my third, I was really big. Um, I was convinced there was more than one child inside of me. Um, <laughs> we used to do goodnight kisses at night. They used to kiss my tummy goodnight. Um, in the morning, they used to, you know, when they, well, my eldest was at preschool, he would give my tummy a cuddle and say, bye, baby, see you later. Um, and there was just that element of having to show love um, before they'd even met him. And I think it just created this kind of thing of, oh, yeah, this is a baby. I need to be gentle. He needs love. He needs care. Um, and it really helped so much with not having them be rough or resentful um, towards the baby. And this time around, too, when we had our third, um, you know, if people came over, especially our really good friends, I would say, you're allowed to ignore the baby. Like, please, can you make a little bit of a fuss of the other two? And our friends were amazing. One of our friends looked after the two eldest ones while I was in in um at the birthing center and she came to visit me with the kids she brought the kids to meet him and um she brought them a present to open from from him you know so it was that same thing of like just feeling special and I think that's the really big thing is to just make sure that they actually know that they're still super loved and they still hold a really valuable place in the family um and that you still make time to give them cuddles and read a book with them and that kind of thing um, so that they don't feel like they're needing, because I think that's the problem. The minute they start feeling like they need attention, that's when the behavior kind of starts to change somewhat. Um, so yeah, I just found that being present with them, talking with them, um, like when I was breastfeeding, they had special toys they were allowed to play with, um, just little kind of things you can put in place that they just constantly being reassured that like, oh yeah, I'm still I'm still important, like, because kids need that kind of ego boost every now and then. Yeah. Um, and I we agree. just found that to be super, super helpful. Yeah, I think it's so true because one of the things that I think is really important is to teach the kids when they come up to a baby what they actually should do because they feel an awkwardness. And what you often see, especially with um, younger toddlers, is they'll walk up to a baby and quite often they'll whack them in the face in a kind of a patting motion yes and um oh my gosh it's so embarrassing especially if you're somewhere like mainly music and there's this beautiful new baby in the capsule or something like that and the mother brings them along and then there's this toddler that go you know 
inevitably will go up and try and whack them in the face and you just are shocked and horrified if that's your child (laughs) right so I think one of the things that I um I would kind of teach my kids was actually when you go up to the baby just stroke their hair or the top of their head and that just kind of meant that they didn't have their fingers and the baby's eyes nose whacking you know that kind of thing it kind of just gave them this is how we start or you know even um teaching them to just you know maybe um stroke their arm or hand or something like that just so they've got that first point of contact in a gentle way um I think that was a really really good thing to do and I also um I think if they're being um annoying when you're trying to breastfeed or bottle feed the baby because either way you're gonna have to sit down with the baby and the toddler is wrecking Mary havoc quite often (laughs) um I found it really helpful if you could actually make sure that you like packed them a lunchbox and so you could have the lunchbox next to you so when they got hungry especially you know in those initial stages where they're actually sitting for quite you're sitting for quite a long time to feed um to just have like oh yep the toddler snacks are right there and then to have like a breastfeeding toy and I remember my my um, son was like are you going to breastfeed now, mum? When are you yeah. going to breastfeed? Is it feeding time now, mum? Because we had this like really cool wooden kind of trap with his cars that we just got out of the box and there was like other toys in, in the breastfeeding box and the, the toys would go back into the box and the box would go away. So he was only ever able to play with these special toys when I was breastfeeding and he loved it. Um, and he wanted me to feed all the time, not surprising, but it did actually help in those initial stages where feeding did take a really long time because I, you know, there's, you can read one story and then that's it, they're off and they can't be on screens all day. So you've got to think of something they can do um, where they're not going to be in another room where you can't see them destroying something. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Have you got any more tips or anything that you want to talk about before we finish? I think the biggest thing that I learned um, from having babies was obviously when you go from one to two, I found that jump quite tricky. So if you're pregnant with your second baby um, and you are feeling like, how am I going to do life with two kids? Um, Don't worry, you can do it. And um, don't let that guilt get on top of you. Like, kids are so forgiving and so amazing and honestly if you just make a little bit of time for kids through the day they're amazing um and it took me having my third baby to actually realize like they are fine with having a sibling you're giving them you know this awesome gift of a forever friend that's what we call our kid I keep saying don't fight with your forever friend um you know so you're giving them this gift of another person being in your home and yes it's going to have struggles but I think just to take the guilt off yourself you don't have to be superwoman you don't have to get everything done um you know just take your foot off the accelerator and try and enjoy each stage of each kid's life um even on the tough days you know someone once said to me the days are long but the years are short and honestly I'm only I don't know, six and a bit years into being a mom. And it's so true. Like, it feels like yesterday that my first baby was born. Um, and you kind of have those long nights where you're just wishing them away and you're just like, oh, I can't do this. But honestly, like, just try and enjoy it as much as possible. And I'm not saying, you know, don't have hard days because you're going to. Um, but I think just take the guilt off and just realize, like, you know, you're going to get through it tomorrow. Might not be better, but the day after could be. So just take a deep breath and have another cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I love it. Um, I think if I was going to give any advice to people who are listening who are pregnant with their second or subsequent kids, I would probably say to try and be really organized. And um, I know that it's it's great to think in hindsight, but actually sit down and write a list. Like, what do I need to do to feel more relaxed in the first month of having you know, another child. Well, I'm going to need to actually have more than just my partner helping because they can only take so much time off work. When would be the best time for them to take off work? Um, and is there someone else, like my mother, my mother-in-law, my sister, or someone that can come and like, we can tag team? Um, I think that's really, really important. So you feel that you have the support because you don't know how you're going to feel you might feel really blue and you might actually go through it, um, you know, a time where you feel quite low and you don't have the energy to spend with the toddler. So you really do need to be thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a lot of support, I know that some people do put their kids in daycare or kindy or whatever, because they know that at least their kids still getting the stimulation of something else happening. And they're not under pressure all the time to feel like they've got to look after their toddler 24 seven, because that can be really wearing when you've got a new baby and you're not getting enough sleep. Um, the other thing I'd say in terms of being organized is just think about um, furniture and equipment because people are really quick to get their kids like out of a, a cot and into a big kid bed. Is that what's going to work best? If so, try and do that really, really early on because, you know, from your toddler's perspective, it kind of sucks from their view if they're kicked out of the cot that they love into a big kid bed and within like a couple of weeks, their siblings in that cot. There's all that resentment, you know, of, oh, yeah. I've just been moved along. So it's about being super organized and saying, okay, well, are we going to have two cots? And that's going to be fine because there's, you know, my child still loves their cot and I can just buy another one. Or am I going to need to start transitioning them? And if I do, I need to do that nice and early. And don't mm -hmm. think about toilet training because um, that's another thing that a lot of people do. Don't try and toilet train when you're in your third trimester and you think, I don't want to be changing two sets of nappies because you'll probably find that your child will regress anyway, your toddler, and you'll be really, really tired in your third trimester as your body starts to, you know, become a bit heavier. So I think being organized and just thinking ahead of time, how can I make this a smooth transition? What does my toddler need? What am I going to need so I can be the parent that I want to be for that toddler and baby? And if I know that I'm going to need more support, then what that's, what's that actually going to look like? It's going to look like me having conversations with the people that I love and putting some kind of roster together. Um, you don't want to have your mom and your partner at home at the same time, full time. And then you only get like a week of that. And then suddenly you're left at home <laughs> trying to, you know, hold down the yeah. fort. You're better to, you know, split up their time and say, okay, well, if you're going to have a week off work, then that's great. You're going to do that. And then who else is going to come help so that you don't feel alone. And that's one thing I would say about a lot of other cultures is that, there is the mindset that the mother just focuses more on the baby and that the family um, will often come like as a support network. And I think in uh, the current culture that we're in, it's very much, oh, well, just have the baby get on with it. Everybody just goes back to their normal life. And then all these poor people are just stuck at home feeling so isolated with, you know, kids that uh you know, climbing the walls. And I think it's about being super organized and saying, well, how are we going to avoid that? Or knowing I'm going to have a month's worth of meals in the freezer. Have I got some friends who are going to organize a meal roster for me so that I don't have to organize that. But when I've had the baby, there's going to be like some kind of meal train where every second night I'm going to be given a meal. 
Um, yes. So it doesn't kind of creep up on you. You go, oh my goodness, suddenly I'm thrown into this and I feel so overwhelmed because at the end of the day, um, that's not going to be helpful for the baby. That's not going to be helpful for the toddler and it's not going to be helpful for you if you're feeling overwhelmed or depressed or isolated or any of those things. Yeah, and I think if people offer you meals, put both hands up. It's so helpful when people drop off a warm dinner and you don't even have to think about cooking, washing up, cleaning, doing anything. Because my biggest thing when I had a baby was forgetting to defrost meat. So that was always the problem. And then you also don't feel like necessarily, you know, expecting your partner to cook or whatever. So if people put a meal train together, that's probably one of the best gifts they can give you. Yeah, it's like find your best friend. They don't have to be like a parent themselves. They might be one of your work colleagues or something like that. People are so happy to be able to help. They just need to know how to help. People yeah. sometimes feel a bit awkward going around to your house because they don't know if you're going to be in the middle of breastfeeding or trying to sleep. And people feel awkward about that sometimes. But I think if if they can feel that they're contributing in some way by making you a meal or whatever, or even taking your toddler to the park and taking them for yeah. a swing for half an hour while you go and have a shower or whatever, it just makes all the difference. I mean, there's been times when I've gone over to a friend's house and I've literally just sat with their baby um, so they can have a shower because they don't want to, they know that as soon as they get in the shower, their baby's going to be screaming their head off and, you know, and yeah. so, you know, it goes days of them not even washing their hair and feeling like a person, a human, but what an easy thing for me to do, just go around and cuddle the baby, play with the toddler for a bit while they have a shower and it just, it just makes such a world of difference. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, this has been a really cool chat. If you are pregnant I hope that your pregnancy goes really, really well and that you find the transition um, as your um, child has another sibling or your children have another sibling that, you know, it's a really joyful process for you. And I hope that Tammy and I have given you some really great ideas. If you found this podcast useful, don't forget to go to the show notes and you can cut and paste the link and go and share it with other people that you know are pregnant as well so that we can help them too. Thanks for joining us, Tammy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Was it just me or did that podcast fly by? Thank you so much for joining me. I've put all the links to what we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. And I've saved all our previous episodes of Parenting Chats with Laura on our website, lulu.co.nz. While you're there, sign up to get an alert for when our next podcast goes live so you don't miss a thing. Remember, you're a great parent and we're all in this together. Have a great day.